The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. everybody, welcome to episode 86 of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe, I am joined by... Joey Pasco, as always. Yeah, that's me. Um, and we are joined by a special guest this week. Um, this is uh, Chris Cluey, the punter for the Minnesota Vikings. Say hello. Hey, what's up? So, uh, we are uh, pretty excited this yeah. week. Very excited to have you on, Chris. Uh, like Joe told me, somebody, Joe, somebody let you know that Chris was on Twitter. Is that is that right? I don't know, uh, yeah, I don't know how the hell I found out. To be honest, <laughs> I'm sure like, it was after I insulted someone and uh, the news stations covered it. <laughs> it that might have been that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we we uh, we heard you were were getting uh, or you were getting back into Magic. I think is that what you posted on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I played from uh, Alpha all the way up until about Mirage, and then uh, stopped playing for, what, like nine years, ten years, I think. And then uh, a bunch of friends of mine started getting back into it recently, so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll start playing again. Looks well, interesting. What, um, what, what, why did they all start getting back into it? What set them off? Um, so we all play War Machine, a uh, tabletop miniature game by Private Press, and, uh, they were, I guess, not getting bored of it, but looking for something different. And one of them found uh, Commander EDH online, and they're like, "Oh, that sounds cool." You know, it's it's kind of like War Machine in that, you know, you you have your general, you're trying to construct your deck around a, a certain set of like in-game goals. And so they started playing it and thought it was really fun. And so I was like, "Oh, I'll I'll, I'll try it out. It, it sounds fun," and tried it out. I was like, "Yep, yeah, this is pretty fun." So <laughs> started playing again. And so, so it's the, the kind of snowballed from there because, from what I understand, then you wound up at a at a tournament, like an actual sanctioned tournament, at some point. Yeah, well, there's there's a uh, hobby shop uh, right near my house. It's literally like right down the street. And um, so another person I met on Twitter. What's, said, uh, hey, what's the name of the hobby shop? You give them a free uh, some free press. Sure, it's called Legion Games. It's in um, Burnsville, I guess, in uh, in Minnesota. And, okay. um, yeah, I, I, apparently they run, uh, they run tournaments like every Wednesday night, uh, standard tournaments. Uh-huh. And so, um, someone I met on Twitter, uh, said, Hey, you know, you should, you should come down to this place and, and play. I was like, well, you know, it's three minutes away from my house. So I'll, uh, <laughs> give it a shot. <laughs> is that, is that, uh, the, is that Legion events? Like I know of Legion events and I think they're, they're in Minnesota. Is, the, uh, is Steve Port the guy that? That runs that place. I don't know if you, you might know know that. Or um, I don't know. I know they be Misty Mountain Games. Yeah, that's them. That's them. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Because because they, they had to move, I guess the entire shopping center they were in got <laughs> rezoned by the city and torn down. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they they switched to another location. Right. Yeah, I, I figured. Yeah, Legion Events. They they're a pretty big uh, tournament organizer in the in the United States. Really, they're one of the the bigger ones, and they uh, they do like there, there was a. I don't know how much you're aware of as far as, uh, you know, all, all the different things that are going on with Magic since you've kind of just gotten back into it. But they have uh, the Magic Cruise, which is basically they just organize uh, uh, Magic events on a cruise ship for a week. So um, they're the guys behind that. That's pretty crazy. But, yeah, that's cool to uh, to know that's where you're, where you're playing. So Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, so, so I played in the tournament, and uh, 
I had I tried to make a mono red deck from the limited amount of cards at my disposal. <laughs> and, uh, it was it was somewhat decent. It had a mixture of like goblin and and quick burn cards. And the people I was playing against, yeah, they had a lot of really good cards. And uh, <laughs> I, I think I won one game out of four, so I was happy about that. Yeah, well, I guess you're playing standard then, right? Is yeah, that, yeah, uh, playing standard. Just, just making sure. Yeah, so it's kind of cool, though. Um, I mean, Mono Red, I think, is kind of the perfect deck if you're just getting back into the game mm-hmm. because it is sort of straightforward and there's not a lot of, you know, crazy expensive cards in it either. You know, you can kind of just go with uh, with just as much burn and goblins and things like that as you as you want and uh, and see how it goes. So I think that was pretty pretty good choice. Um yeah, because I was looking through the uh, the cards I had. I'm like, well, I can't make any other color. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> Good. Well, so, uh, just as a, I'm just curious, like as a new player, um, or, uh, retur- returning, or player. returning player, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but are new, new to the current standard environment. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, things have really changed over the years with like mythic rares and different yes, things like that. Um, like how, how does that, how does that feel as somebody who's coming back to the game? Like, how does it feel to like, like, does it feel like you, do you feel like you can compete? You know what I mean? Like, I know I saw some of your, your tweets, like after you had played and it seemed like you were like, these guys have expensive cards. I can't win. (laughs) Like It's, uh, (laughs) it's, it's funny because the, the power level has definitely gone up a lot since I played, uh, you can get a lot more powerful full card for three or four mana now than you ever could back in uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the old days. But I mean, it, it seems like uh, it, you know the the decks that players made. You could tell they constructed them, spent time on them, spent money on them. You know, they were very well put together decks. And you know, it. I felt like I had a chance, but it wasn't a great one, just because I my deck just didn't have the resources available to it that theirs did. You know, a couple times I got mana starved. Um, a couple times I couldn't accelerate my hand drawing, and you know the other person could. So it just seemed like it. It was it was lack of cards that that hurt a bit. Nothing inherent within the power of the cards themselves. I mean, it seemed relatively balanced if you had the cards that the other person did. Right. So, right. and that how long ago was that? Was that uh that tournament? Uh, a few about, weeks ago, I guess. Yeah, two weeks ago, I think. Okay. Uh-huh. So, have you made any changes? Like, uh. You know, as far as standard is concerned, have you decided to go in a certain direction with a deck? You know, if you were to go back and play another uh, another standard event, mm, I'd, I'd probably do Counterburn just because okay. it seems to be you know the most useful of of decks because you know you can just deny your opponent while at the same time gradually chipping them down. Uh, one of the decks I played against was a Counterburn deck, and it was just as annoying as I remembered. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. But uh no, I, I don't think I'll I'll play standard much. Um I'm more a fan of Commander EDH just because it allows you to, to see a lot more cards than you normally would see and you can play multiplayer and uh you know it's it's a little more relaxed. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you, I guess I guess you know, someone who uh who competes every week um on a on a national stage, like it's probably, you know when you when you're your time off, you probably don't want to spend competing, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> I, I, I still enjoy competing, and, you know, if if I really wanted to, I could probably spend the money to make a, a pretty good deck, but I don't really want to. It's it's more, this would be more a, a fun thing for me to do. Like, I don't feel the need to be at the top of it. It's more just a, a way to, to have some fun with friends. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And, and that's one of the cool things about Magic is that there's lots of different ways to enjoy it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
I think that's really great. Um, so here's a question, and this is a this is a, a funny question. It's actually the question I wanted to lead off the whole episode with, but we wound up getting into talking about other stuff, which is totally cool. Um, but uh, and 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 don't 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 take this as a as a question that I'm not trying to sound like a jerk or not trying to put you on the spot or anything. Um, but you have a lot of I mean you have a lot of different you know hobbies and things like that. Um, and one of the things I was curious about, and this is an honest question, do you like football? You're a jerk. No. <laughs> um, I enjoy playing football because I'm good at it, but I probably wouldn't do it out of choice if it wasn't my job. Um, you know, I, I enjoy competing against people. I, I enjoy kind of the, the, the rush of, of competition. But, you know, for me, organized sports, they've always been fun to play. Uh, I wouldn't choose to watch them. Uh, I'm not really a fan of sports. I would rather play video games or read books or do whatever. Wow. That's that's, awesome. Yeah, that's what I actually want. Yeah, I wanted to. I was really curious about that because I mean, and honestly, like you know, not to not to stereotype you, but like you know, kickers and punters, a lot of them aren't exactly into football. You know, and it wasn't necessarily you know. I would at least as far as you you know, Joe. Right? As far as I know, (laughs) some of them. I mean, some of them are, are 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 punters because of their abilities in in other sports, or you know. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair to say because the, I'd say probably 90% of us uh, come to football because we were good at soccer, and that's that's the reason we play football. And then, uh, you know, we, we do enjoy playing it because it is, it's a great job to have, you know, pays the oh. pays. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think most of us will uh, will miss it that much once we're done. It's pretty funny. So, uh, so like, do, do the punters and kickers and everything have like their own table when everyone goes out afterwards? And like, like are you guys like the are you guys like the inside kids like at, like like the camp or whatever? No, no, it's 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 nothing too bad. I mean, I can obviously I can only speak for the Vikings because that's the team I've been with. But it's been uh, it's been really good. I mean, the guys on the team have been awesome. I've made actually a lot of friends on the team. And uh, the one thing that's funny that that people don't really realize right off is that the NFL is a lot different than college in that. College, you'll have – college and high school, actually, too. You'll have kind of that hazing. You'll have your, your cliques and your groups, you know, because yeah. it's uh, – it's, it, people are still growing, still maturing. But in the NFL, everyone's there because it's a business. Like, that's your job. You're there to work. You're there to win. And if you can't get along with other people, then chances are you probably won't last very long in the NFL. And so, you know, it's, it's in the team's best interest that everyone, you know, understands that everyone has a job to do. If everyone does their job to the best of their abilities, you'll probably win the game. So, it, you know, you want to try to encourage each other, not break each other down. Yeah, it's kind of – it sounds a lot like almost any other workplace once you get out, mm. you know, outside of college. It's – you need to do a job and it's not about like, you know, like you said, hazing. Nobody's doing that, you know, outside in the, the regular kind of workforce either. But. Right, exactly. And I think, um, you know, I think that wasn't the case like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But since football has become such a big money environment, you know, it's, it's definitely – I wouldn't say a workplace environment because at the end of the day, we're still, you know, playing a game. Right. But we're, we're, we're definitely there to work and, and you're there to get a job done. And if you can't get the job done, then they're probably going to cut you and find someone who will. Right. So. <laughs> For sure. Are there, uh, I mean, in your experience, uh, are there a lot of other players that are kind of more into like other gaming like you are? Um, I'm the biggest gamer I've, I've seen so far. There's a lot of guys that play a lot of games. Like they'll be into the, uh, like modern warfare, um, right. 
Battlefield, uh, like Gears of War, stuff like that. Uh, obviously Madden for a lot of guys, but yeah. it's, uh, I, there were a couple guys I met who, who played WoW, so got to have some, uh, some interesting conversations with them. I met one guy who played Final Fantasy XI, which I couldn't believe because that was the most ridiculous <laughs> online RPG ever. <laughs> I, I stopped at like Final Fantasy IX. I just couldn't get any yeah. further. <laughs> no, Eleven was the one that was online. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was, was the, the MMO. Just a ultimate grind fest. It was awful. Like yeah. once you reached level five, it was just grind, grind, grind. It was yeah. I, I quit after like level seven. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um no. I, I've I've never met anyone though who's who's as big into gaming as I am. So I think I'm kind of a uh, anomaly in that respect. But uh, at the same time, I try and look at it as a way that. You know, I can I can put myself out there and say, hey, you know, not not all gamers are the stereotype of you know you're you're sitting in your your mom's basement with uh, with Cheetos and Mountain Dew. So. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that. Uh... Yeah. Some 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 of us lived in our mom's attic. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, wish I was joking more about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not anymore. But uh, if. Yes, you way, definitely were. Yeah, way more recently than I'd like to admit. Um. <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, you obviously you're into a lot of games. What games besides now Magic and uh, and obviously Warcraft? Considering your Twitter handle is Chris Warcraft, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> sort of gives it away. Um, what was the name of the the uh, the tabletop game you play again? Uh, War Machine. It's War uh, Machine. Yeah, by Privateer Press. I originally started in tabletop games with Warhammer by Games Workshop. Uh-huh. Uh, my brother worked at one of the games workshop stores and I'd always been interested in it, but never really had a chance to check it out. And then he brought some models home and I was like, this was, this is pretty cool. I want to play this. So I played that for a while. Um, got kind of tired after they couldn't really balance their rule set because it led to lots of gray area arguments, which is not fun. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, yeah. uh, then private because, uh, Games Workshop um, with uh, with Warhammer, they they made it more as a casual like beer and pretzels kind of game. So it, it's weird because they tried to run a bunch of tournaments, but at the same time they wouldn't codify their rules enough to where you could actually have you know <laughs> black and white rules. Yeah, so it, you know it, it sounds like to me. It sounds like I was on base. No, I'm not. No, I was on base. No, you weren't. Right. Like, right. <laughs> playing like playing like you know stick guns. Yeah. Well, no, it, it'd literally be like that. It'd be like, uh, okay, I've got line of sight to your model. No, you don't. No, I have line of sight. No, you don't. <laughs> it's just. Like, <laughs> why, why am I playing this again? So, yeah, kind of so, sounds like the really early days of Magic too, where you know people would be like, you know, you would get really confused with the rules. Uh, oh right, yeah, because yeah. of the wording and stuff. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, you get some card combos. You'd be like, okay, uh, I'm going to tap and kill that. No, you don't. You, can, you yeah. can't. <laughs> like, so, yeah, so I uh, switched over to War Machine because the, the rule set was a lot cleaner. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the models are really cool, too. It's got kind of this whole steampunk aesthetic to it that's pretty awesome. Is that, and, the, is that the picture from your uh, Twitter picture? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the models that I think. Yeah, they do up. look really cool. I like yeah. those. Yeah, yeah, so so they're pretty awesome. So, yeah, I started, uh, started playing that, and, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying playing War Machine a lot. But um, anyways, back to the original question, what other games do I play? Uh, yeah. I, I play a lot of video games. Um, I'm, I'm big into video games. started playing when I was four years old, when my parents got me a Nintendo, and I've been hooked ever since. So right now I'm playing – I just finished up Dark Souls, which was a lot of fun, and I'm going through Batman Arkham City and eagerly awaiting Friday when Skyrim comes out. Oh, Right. Yeah, I've I've definitely heard a lot of, of good things about that Batman uh, game, but I 
personally, I know, like, I, I was such a so big into video games for a long time, and then somehow just kind of fell off and haven't really gone, gone back. Like, I think the most recent games I've played were, like, God of War and uh, okay. Shadows of the Colossus, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, that's like five, six years ago or something like that, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely uh, have heard some good things, but... Uh, yeah, um, Batman's cool. It's, it's kind of a... Uh, so the original one was a little more linear in that you're making your way through this uh, Arkham Asylum, but this one is awesome. It's like you're pretty much Batman running around in a Grand Theft Auto-style city, so you're just swinging all over the place, and there's tons of stuff to do. I, yeah. I, oh, my God, I want that. <laughs> that was really cool, yeah. I, th- I think you just convinced me to get that game. <laughs> I recommend it to anyone who's on the fence. It's It's a pretty good game. It's like you're... Playing Grand Theft Auto, except you're yeah, except Batman, you're, and and you have Mark Hamill voicing the Joker. That's oh, that's awesome! Oh my God! <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. So you, you what, play? Okay, oh, oh, Joe. I'm sorry. I, well, you brought up you brought up Nintendo. What are your favorite Nintendo games? Um, favorite Nintendo game. Pretty much the only one I can remember at this point is Final Fantasy 1. Like, that's that's probably the only one I'll go back and replay over and over. Uh, I remember playing Battletoads and being extremely frustrated with yes. <laughs> levels. And then, uh, I think Rock and Roll Racing. I can't remember, though. I think that might have been Super Nintendo. Yeah, it all sort of blurs together in, like, the yeah. late 80s, right? <laughs> yeah. The, 80s, early 90s. Yeah, definitely. Favorite game of all time, though, is uh, Final Fantasy VI for, for Super Nintendo. I will still go back and play that over and over. So the Final Fantasy VI was that original? Was that the one that was Final Fantasy III and was yeah, yeah, yeah. same here. That's my favorite game of all time. That, that is yeah. his favorite game. We've known it, each other for a long time. <laughs> it's just it's just really well written. Like it, yeah. it's a great plot line, and I mean it's 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 well well written. I, I, yeah. I go back and play it over and over. I love the music in it. Like I'll just listen to the soundtrack occasionally. Oh yeah, I've, I've got all the soundtrack songs on my uh, on my playlist. Right on, yeah. But the other, the only other ones that come close are like Secret of Mana and mm-hmm. uh, Chrono Trigger. I really yeah. like. Yeah, Chrono Trigger's great. I can go back and play that. Yeah, that's like the the, the trilogy from you know. Yeah. The, the, I guess actually it's probably more like the the Holy Trinity of video games for me. Yeah, I mean, shoot, I, I still have uh, uh, Frog's theme song. Oh wow. <laughs> So that's the, the greatest theme song ever. <laughs> yeah, that's it's all all that those video game soundtracks were so incredible, and I guess they probably still are. Once you when you mm-hmm. get into those worlds, uh, and and it really you kind of like immerse yourself. Just right. hearing the music again just takes you right back to it yeah. without even yeah. having to play it. Yeah, if you hear a specific theme song, like you go back to a, an exact point in the game. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's fantastic. Uh, so you, you mentioned uh, I just just something I wanted to ask about the tabletop games. Are, do you actually paint the uh, you know the the actual miniatures yourself, or do you have uh, you know other people doing that at all, or buy them pre-painted? I, I've never played them, so I don't know how. I have, I have an army of trained monkeys that are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I, I build and paint them myself. That's uh, that that's part of the fun is is coming up with with my own color scheme and uh, you know trying to make the the force as a whole cohesive. And okay. I'd like to think I've gotten pretty good at painting them. I've I've had a lot of free time to practice, so it's more now it's more just making myself sit down and paint them as opposed to just playing with them. So it's uh, it, it's definitely fun. It's relaxing. Yeah. It's it's. That's something that sort of attracted me to those games, but I never not enough to actually do it. Yeah, you know, I, I would I would look into it and think, wow, that that looks like fun. But yeah, I wasn't sure how how that worked as far as uh, 
you know, if, if that, was, yeah. that was part of the, the experience for you. Yeah, no, I, I know there's places online like you can you can get them painted, but I've always felt you know you should you should probably paint your own stuff just to kind of give yourself that extra credibility and you know otherwise they aren't really your models they're yeah <laughs> they're, they're your models that someone else painted which takes some of the fun out of it yeah absolutely yeah I think that's why I never actually did get into those games because I'm so horrible at like any sort of art that isn't playing music uh <laughs> like <laughs> i can't draw a picture to save my life like I well, see that, that's the great thing about miniatures though is that you don't have to be good at art you just have to be good at picking out colors and then staying within the lines yeah that's but i'm not even gonna stay within the lines i'm a freaking brute <laughs> like i'm just like what i just put this paint on my hand and grab it like <laughs> you can it's called dipping <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you've been playing Commander. Um, who's first of all? Who's your general? And um, or who is your commander? I guess general, commander, whatever. Um, <laughs> who is it? Uh, wh- what is the theme of the deck? Um, and like your general impressions of no pun intended of Commander so far. Okay, pretty much the who is your daddy and what does he do? Exactly. <laughs> yes. <yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my commander is uh, Mariki Ree Barrett. Uh, it's an Ice Age card. Yes. Uh, she's uh, one white, one blue, one black, and uh, tap to take control of target creature. She doesn't untap as normal, but if she does untap, uh, that creature dies. So I have a lot of untap effects in my deck, and then also about probably 20 or so mill cards, because I do enjoy taking other people's cards away from them. So <laughs> it's, uh, And it seemed to me like that would be a pretty fun challenge, would be to try and mill a 100-card commander deck in... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Long Here's the, uh, can I tell you um, a really nasty combo that you can uh, do that with? Sure. Um, mana Severance. Okay. Wait, with that I card? I, I, don't, it, I don't know what that one is. It costs a blue and one. It's a sorcery from Tempest, and it was a rare. Um, search your library for any number of land cards and exile them, then shuffle your library. <laughs> so go ahead, Joe, with your combo. Um. Oh well, that actually doesn't. <laughs> oh, did you? Do you think it worked differently? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was thinking. I think I was thinking something else. Um, <laughs> Oops, hold on. It's not that good of a combo. What are you? What are you Shh. trying to do? I'm just hold on, looking at this. <laughs> there was something with Helm of Obedience where Lloyd was literally milling our entire libraries. What in like one hit or something? Yeah, but um, but it wasn't Mana Severance. Mana Severance works with uh, Goblin Charbelcher. So you can, right. can use Charbelcher in your deck, which Goblin Charbelcher, what it says is, um, so you remove all the li- lands, you just use that card to remove all the lands from your library. And then you use Charbelcher, which is a four-mana artifact that costs three to activate. You tap it. You reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a land card. Oh, nice. You, and then it deals damage equal to the number of non-land card re- cards revealed to target creature or player. That's pretty sweet. So you just go, I kill you with these two cards, which is a lot of people don't like that sort of thing in Commander because, you know, people want to interact and play the game. But uh, Right, exactly. Yeah, just, I, I, I tried to avoid any uh, kind of infinite combos like that, although I did find one I could use. Um, one of the cards I would need, uh, my friend had it. It's a, uh, I think it's from 12th edition. Uh, it's like Mad Alchemist or something like that, basically where if you would draw a card and you can't, you win the game. Oh, the... Oh. 
Laboratory Maniac. Yeah, Laboratory Maniac. That's what it is. And um, and then I also have a card from, I think it's from shoot, it uh, it might be Legends. Uh, it's called Thought Lash. Two blue, two colorless. And its cumulative upkeep is remove the top card of your library from the game. If you do not remove your library from the game and bury Thought Lash. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's yeah. yeah it's it's uh it's from alliances and oh, uh, yeah that's it. Yeah, pretty pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so so basically, you throw that out, wait one turn, and then win the game. Yeah, pretty much. Another, you can also use yeah. Go ahead, Joe. So I was gonna say leveler. Is that what you were gonna say? Yep. Yeah, leveler is an uh, an artifact creature that it's a ten ten for five mana, and when it comes into play, remove your library from the game. <laughs> so you can tap five and play that yeah. and remove your library once you have the uh, the laboratory maniac. Right, up, exactly. So. Yeah, and then and then kind of uh, another couple combos. Um, these are a couple of these cards I actually got from uh, uh, Mark Gottlieb, who I, I got to play against um, recently. Yeah. Saw was, that on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear about that next, but uh, but yeah, go ahead. And- yeah, so anyway, so I, I kind of altered the deck he gave me to because he he had it initially as a control deck and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I took a bunch of the mill cards from the deck I had made and kind of made it a bastard hybrid of, of the two. But uh, one one of the creatures he gave me was a Psychosis Crawler, where whenever you draw a card, each opponent loses one life. Okay. It's a five-colorless artifact. And then I've also got Jace Memory Adept and then um, Jace's Erasure. So <laughs> it would basically be I draw, you know, 20 cards or whatever. Everyone loses 20 life, and they have to discard 20 cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, you know, just just a bunch of other stuff where when, uh, uh, what is it, I, I think it's a black card, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but when it, it gets the charge counters, the three charge counters, uh-huh. and whenever, uh, after that, whenever a card goes into the graveyard for any reason, that person loses two life, you gain two life. Blood Chief Ascension. Yes, Blood Chief Ascension. Oh, That's right, it. yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, just stuff like that where... Basically, the deck presents kind of an um, unassuming front where I'm I'm really kind of just protecting myself at the start. You know, not really any big creatures out. And then you've got Mariki to steal anything if you get threatened. And once the uh, <laughs> once you get the milling stuff going, then it's like, okay, now I'm just going to kill everyone from behind the safety of my creature that takes everything from you. Right. That's yeah. pretty cool. Those are the best I've, decks. I love them. <laughs> the, uh, the unassuming, like, don't do anything, don't do anything, don't do anything, win. Like, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Because we, uh, we play a lot of multiplayer, so, you know, it'll be like three, four, five people. And so everyone else is all attacking each other, you know, and, and doing stuff. I'm just like, ignore the man behind the curtain. <laughs> right. Have you have you thought about maybe um, combining some of the uh, some of the things that you're doing with the milling with, uh, like, graveyard recursion strategies, like Living End? Um, or, uh, um, get, what, what's the, oh, what's the new one? What do you, uh, I'm not sure what. Uh, the Grimoire, one. Grimoire of the Dead. Okay, I forgot how, how that works, but I can bring it Here, up. Let me read it. So, Grimoire of the Dead is a four colorless legendary artifact from Innistrad. It's a mythic rare. Okay. It's one of the cheap ones, though, so it's not that bad. Uh, <laughs> tap one and tap it. Uh, discard a card to put a study counter on Grimoire of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And then um, you tap it and remove three study counters from it and sacrifice it. Put all creature cards from all graveyards onto nice. the battlefield under your control, and they're black zombies in addition to their other colors and types. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've got one one of the cards that um, that Mark included also was uh, similar to the uh, Debtor's Knell. It's uh, three, oh, yeah. 
three white or black and then four colorless. And uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature card in a graveyard into play under your control. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I had, uh, the game we played, I had that out. Um, I had Mariki out. I had a, uh, an artifact that let me untap her. And then, yeah, it was, it was all over except for the screaming. <laughs> right on. <laughs> it was pretty bad. That's pretty awesome. So, um, what other what other decks are like everyone playing um, that you're playing with right now? And um, and I, I will get back to the Mark Gottlieb question. I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like like your your friends that are playing Commander. What what commanders are they playing? Um, how does your deck stack up against them? Um, is there anything so far in playing that you think is like it seems unfair or unfun or you know anything like that? <laughs> Um, nothing that seems unfair right now. It's, it's funny because, um, the reason I think the, the group of friends I play with enjoys the game so much is that it is very similar to War Machine in that War Machine is, is based a lot on each, like your army and your general are, it seems like they're very overpowered. Like you can, you know, if you get your kill condition, you'll, you'll win the game. But at the same time, every army is overpowered. So they all end up balancing out. And Commander seems the same way in that, yeah, you can make this deck that's absolutely amazing, you know, can can wipe out the the other other side in, like, one turn. But at the same time, they've got the same ability. So it's now it becomes a matter of, okay, how do I keep them from achieving their kill, kill condition while, while I'm, I'm building towards mine? So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of strategy in it that, that I enjoy. And then obviously, you know, sometimes you just don't get the cards, which is nothing you can do about that. Right. <laughs> but, but uh, the the decks guys are playing. Um, one guy's playing a mono black zombie deck, which is uh, pretty cool. His his commander is the one where um, I think it's a zombie. You remove him from play and return all creature cards from red and black creature play. cards. Yeah, it, it, it was it, it's it's pretty funny because like Balthor the Defiled. Yeah, he, then he's got a bunch of uh, like you know buffing cards where you put counters on zombies and and stuff like that. So he, one game he ended up having. Uh, I think it was like 20 or 22 creatures out that all had like plus 7, plus 10 on them. And uh, I milled them in a turn. <laughs> it was, it was great. really funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then um, another another deck that uh, uh, someone's using is um, it's a red and black creature. I think she's a 2-2 flyer. Whenever she attacks, you can put an angel or dragon from your hand into play attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I forget the name of that one, but uh, yeah, that one's pretty cool because since she only costs four to get out, it's pretty much you know you get her out right away and then start hopefully getting out all your big stuff in your hand. So that that's one where basically anytime you see see him summon her, it's like okay, um, I I need to kill that right away, otherwise <laughs> things will get out of control very quickly. Right. And uh, another guy's running a green. I think it's a green and white uh, like sapperling counter deck. With lots of, uh, you know, increase, like double your counters, increase counters, use counters to, to, to make more stuff. So that one's fun to play against because if he starts chain reacting into more and more sapperlings, then eventually it's like, all right, I've got 40 one ones out on the field. Now they're two twos. Now they're five fives with trample. <laughs> now they're attacking you. <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's a pretty wide variety. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, I especially like the fact that somebody's playing Balthor. That's because I, general, yeah. That's my deck, and I'm actually uh, I'm currently working on um, foiling the entire deck out. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I'm doing a Twitter giveaway. Um, so uh, 
get you to retweet me maybe after this. Um, I'm, I, when I hit 2,000 followers, I'm giving away a non-foil version of my Balthor the Defiled Commander deck. I don't think I'm going to have a sinkhole in the, in the version I send out, but it's going to have almost everything else. Oh, very cool. Um, so I'm giving away an entire copy of the deck because I'm just trying to foil the entire deck. Mm-hmm. Um, just got a foil, Judge Foil Demonic Tutor. Oh, nice. Which wound up running me ninety five dollars. That's how like a, like an unnecessary this project is. But like, <laughs> I so have to do it at this point. Like I'm almost there. Um, even some of the cards that like I can't foil because they're too old. Like I almost got a Korean Volrath Stronghold because Korean cards of like the oldest stuff. Korean is like the most pimp of the pimp. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I ch- almost picked up a Korean Volrath stronghold, but I like forced myself. I convinced myself that I did not need it. I was like, just, just, just stop. Like <laughs> just this is go, getting so go. bad. Um, <laughs> but so, so that's kind of something I'm working on right now. It's always been my, uh, or it hasn't always been, but almost has always been my commander. I had um, Corlash. Um, is that? Yeah, Corlash. Corlash, right. Yeah, I was like, is that, is that right? Yeah, Corlash was my original one, and then I remembered Balthor existed, and Balthor used to be my favorite um, back when he came out. So I was like, cool, I can build a deck around Balthor? It's so cool. Um, but then you start to realize that, like like you said, like everyone's got the broken deck, which is mm-hmm. great if everyone has the broken deck. But if you're just right. the dude who's trying to play dudes, <laughs> like... <laughs> Not good. <laughs> and then you just get, like infamilled like you know like you're just like oh wait i wanted to play like yeah, so i would probably recommend commander edh for those with extensive card collections so you can actually make use of uh <laughs> of all the broken combos that shouldn't exist yeah if you just try and play it with a normal collection it probably would be a little rough yeah i mean it just seems like it seems that way like it seems mm-hmm. like to me like i know a lot of people think that that Commander is like, you know, a kind of a powered down format, some people think, but I don't know. In, in my experience, it's actually a pretty powerful format um, that if you try, I mean, like, you can play themes like, you know, like I've got zombies, you know what I mean? But then you also have to play stuff like, this card is unfair, <laughs> you know, because if I don't have the unfair card, my opponent is, and I'm going to be sad about it. Like, right. exactly. Yeah. One of the decks we played, it was, um, uh, this guy had had uh, is a bunch of the like ten mana cost artifact creatures that are all like ten tens, eleven elevens, and you know they attack and destroy four permanents or something like that. Oh, the Eldrazi. Yeah, the Eldrazi, just absolutely ridiculous. And his starting hand was like two of the Eldrazi, uh, an artifact that was four and tap, bring target creature from your hand into play, and then like four lands. So he basically had the greatest starting hand ever. And, uh, I, and I think he drew a soul ring. So by turn three, he had out a 10-10 artifact creature attack and destroy four permanents. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, all right, you win. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. I mean, and the thing that killed me, though, is that um, that time uh, I got mana starred for, for islands because if I'd had one more island, I had a uh, control magic in my hand. I was just like, come on, just let me take his creature. That'd be yeah. so awesome. That's the best to ha- you know. You have one of those kind of effects when, uh, like, mm-hmm. a, a, an effect that can steal something when someone has something so ridiculous, right? And, and that's why I really like playing uh, Mariki because she's basically a built-in you know control magic for right. the entire deck. And a lot of people, you know, they build their decks around. Okay, I've got this really powerful creature I want to get out, and so my philosophy is: all right, you know, you can bring out whatever you want. I'm just going to then take it and use it against you. Yeah. 
So yeah, definitely. Uh, I, there's there's a card that that's one of my favorites. I'm not sure how good it would be in your deck if it's three colors, but it's uh it's called Vidalkin Shackles, mm-hmm. um, and it's you can gain control of a creature if its power is less than or equal to the number of islands you control. Oh, and okay. so it's kind of like Mariki Riberet, where you uh you know you you tap it and you take it, and yep. you don't have to untap it if you mm-hmm. don't want to, and but you can when you untap it, they just get it back. Okay. But basically, you can uh, you can take what you want, and if they play something better, and as long as, long as you have enough islands, you can right. say, "Well, I'll take your better guy." Um, and and there's cards that allow you to possibly like sacrifice a creature in, in certain you know for certain benefits. So if you can you know yeah. take their guy and stack it, uh, and then take a different guy, so there's that kind of kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, that yeah, and, th- and that's what I love about Marie's synergy is that if you you know once you start getting untap effects for her. Like, you, not only are you taking control of their creatures, you're also killing them at the yeah. same time. <laughs> I never realized that about R- Mariki Rivera. Like, I never realized that when she untaps, the creature dies. Like, that's yeah, kind of yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. Like, that, she she was one of my favorite cards, uh, you know, when back when I was playing and, and Ice Age came out. Because I got her in a pack, and I was reading the, you know, the rules on her. I'm like, this card is amazing. And then, uh, and then I got like a, a Norit in another pack, which was a one black, three colorless uh, black creature. Um, one of his abilities was tap to untap target uh, blue creature. So I was like, well, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> There's my deck. <laughs> in every deck I make. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is That's awesome. actually one of um, – uh, oh, Ken Nagel? Yeah, Ken Nagel, yeah. I was like, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Ken Nagel, who uh, – works for wizards that's actually his favorite card is norit and so, i love and, it's, it's just such a great card I, I don't know why i like it but the artwork is great on it and then yeah. just the idea of this imp that's like all right you, you attack if you can't you're dead and then oh i'll un- untap this creature over here right <laughs> like that's awesome it's cool to like think back to those kind of interactions um mm-hmm. like so you said you've you've actually started playing you know from alpha to to mirage um Two questions for you. What what was it that uh, you know kind of made you stop and or lose interest, I guess? And then the other thing is, when you came back, did you still have all those cards to start kind of working from? <laughs> yeah. So um, so the first one, the reason I stopped, I think it was right about when and uh, the Sliver came out, whatever expansion uh-huh. that was. Yeah, that was Tempest. The Sliver. Yeah, and uh, so basically, it then turned into you either had a sliver deck or you died to someone who had a sliver deck. And me and my brother were just kind of like, "eh, this is not really that much fun anymore." And then I, um, I think I just started to uh, go away to college, so didn't really have a lot of people to play against. So I was just kind of like, um, "all right, I'm I'm done." And yeah. then. Um, with the cards, uh, I believe my brother played for a while, and then we, we had a huge collection of cards. And then one of our cousins um, asked if he could have them because he wanted to start getting into magic pretty heavy. So we sent them all to him. I'm currently in the process of tracking down and seeing if he still has them because uh, <laughs> I would like to look through all of them. Right. Uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, I actually found a, a box of stuff at my parents' house that we, that we hadn't sent. So I went through that, found a couple pretty cool cards, and, uh, and snagged them. But yeah, I would I would love to go through you know what we had because basically we just had like a giant bin. It wasn't sorted at all. It was just <laughs> full of magic cards. So that would that would pass quite a few days where me and my brother would just sit down and start rifling the bin to to find you know what we could and, and make a deck. And there was always that joy of discovery when you came across a card. You're like, oh, I didn't know we had that. This is awesome. Absolutely, yeah. Um, 
So you touched on it before, and Joe wanted to come back to it, and uh, was you mentioned playing with Mark Gottlieb. Uh, mm-hmm. so how did th- how did that all happen, and how did uh, you know how did you manage to to arrange that, and how did that go? Uh, it was cool. Uh, so I, I started posting on Twitter that I was playing again, and then um, got contacted by Worth Wolpert, who I guess is uh, pretty pretty involved at, at Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, um, he's in, in charge of like the Magic Online stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, and uh, so he he contacted me through his Twitter account. He's like, hey, you know, would you uh, do you, do you want us to send some cards to you? I was like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so then we got to uh, we got to talking, and he uh, it turned out that Mark um, he has a uh, girlfriend in Minnesota, and so he would be passing through um, during our bye week. And it's funny because I was actually flying back from California like three hours before he was scheduled to leave from Minneapolis St. Paul, and so we pretty much. And I guess he's a huge Vikings fan, also. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah, so we so we set it up to just uh, meet at the airport and uh, play a couple games of Commander, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Got to uh, got to chat with them, talk about you know kind of what what they do at uh, at Wizards, and it was it was it was really cool. And then yeah, he brought the uh, he brought the Mariki deck that he had built, and uh, yeah, played a played a game or two with it. It was awesome because it just took control of everything. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> although he had a pretty nasty Commander deck, it was um, I think his Commander was Ghost Council. So oh yeah. Two white, two black, and then um, you can pay one to sacrifice a creature to remove Ghost Council from the game. And then it comes back at the end of turn, and when it does, it deals one damage, and then you gain one life. Mm-hmm. And so um, basically his entire deck was around graveyard recursion. So he had a bunch of stuff to bring creatures back from the graveyard, either into his hand or into play. And then you couldn't ever really kill the Ghost Council, because if you tried, he'd just sack a creature and remove it from the game. Right. And- and you know he'd always be bringing creatures back or putting more tokens out, so it was it was very shifty. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you you couldn't really you know get a handle on the commander itself, so it was it was pretty fun to play against. That's cool. Like, how did you like one on one commander? Since it's typically like a uh, multiplayer thing. Well, well, we actually well his uh, girlfriend was there too. So oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so he uh, he had let her play a he brought a deck for her. It was a red and white. Um, I think the commander was was like an angel. Uh, I want to say like a six-three vigilance haste and uh, an effect on it. I can't remember, but basically, uh, it it might have been. Um, yeah. The deck, deck itself was a lot of reset buttons, like a lot of wrath of god equivalents and uh, you know red equivalents to to basically just kill everything and then uh, you know bring out some some powerful creatures and crush face. So it was it was funny because I was I was you know sitting in the corner trying to do my meek you know don't attack me I don't have anything act and then uh, you know waiting to get my combos out and then finally did and was able to start stealing creatures from both sides and then attacking everyone it was uh, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, what uh like obviously you you seem to enjoy the kind of control magic effects are those typically the kind of decks that you'd normally have built uh you mentioned back when ice age came out what other kind of decks were you uh were you building back then and what kind of decks are you interested in building right now are you still kind of sticking with that kind of theme um back then i built it was more actually to counter my brother he had a ridiculously nasty blue red counterburn deck that okay. had I mean, just every single counterspell he could find and four of them and, and then tons of effects to recast them. So I, I think I ended up building um, 
I want to say it was a blue, white, black, uh, just lots of regenerating small creatures that I could just get out over and over and over. Because he also had a bunch of control magics in his deck. So if he ever did bring out anything big, he was just going to take it. So my my theme was, okay, I'm going to get out as many of these small, you know, defensive guys that I can and just chip away at your life. Because once I get him out, you know, there's not a lot he can do about it. Right. And and then, you know, just, just play the attrition game and be able to regenerate him if, uh, you know, if he tries to kill them or whatever with uh, with uh, red spells. So it was uh, it was pretty cool because, um, you know, it, it also had a mix of, of like some other stuff. Like I think I had a... Uh, a Limdul's Vault and then a Triassic Egg in there so I could look for, you know, a, a, a couple creatures and throw them under the egg and then hatch them out, is, even if I didn't have enough mana. Right. So it's kind of kind of a mix of everything. It was just, it, it was a lot of fun to play. That's cool. Yeah. Meta games were a lot smaller back then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only have to beat one person. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. That's, how, that's how, I mean, me and Joey, I mean, I used to get everything countered by Joey. <laughs> <laughs> my stubborn ass just kind of just kept playing the same deck and kept encounter and kept going. Why doesn't this work? <laughs> it just won't work. <laughs> but uh, I think it helped me build up a good tolerance over the years. That's yeah, and, then, and I don't I don't really have a handle on enough of the recent cards. I think to to think about what kind of deck I'd I'd want to build for for standard now. Um, I think hopefully by playing a bunch of different commander decks, I'll get a feel of kind of like what's out there. And then, uh, you know, if, if I do want to play standard, then I'll I'll figure out, you know, kind of what direction I want to go in. Have you ever um, – I'm just curious because, you know, you definitely played when the game began, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever considered getting into Legacy or Vintage or anything like that? Mm-hmm. I know they're a little more expensive of formats, but, like, yeah. they get to use all of the cards and, you know, maybe right. some cards that you might be nostalgic for or whatever, you know. Yeah, I, I think that the thing with that, though, is I have Commander to be able to do that, and I don't really have tons of multiples of, like, all the old rare cards that you would need to build, you know, a, a competitive deck like that. Right. Because right. the thing is, is that we, like, we we never really bought single cards. We'd buy, you know, we'd me and my brother would convince our parents to buy us, like, you know, a box of boosters or whatever, and then whatever we got, that's what we got. So we we had we had a very extensive collection, but it wasn't very deep. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to make a, a a solid deck, you know, that had enough of each type in it in order to be com- competitive on that level. So for me, it's more it's more just kind of I, I think the reason I really like Commander is the fact that it does let me use those cards. But at the same time, you know, it, it doesn't punish people who only have one of the card. You know, you, you can you can get by with with having a, a shallower, you know, breadth of, of backup cards. Right, it only punishes people if they have more than one of the cards. Right, right, exactly. It's 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 kind of anti-stockpile card format. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of want to uh, touch a little bit more on some some NFL uh, questions. I guess the first thing I wanted to mention is personally, I've always seen a pretty uh, clear kind of parallel between football. Um, not just specifically the NFL, I guess, uh, just football as a sport and magic, because it, it feels like, you know, you kind of have, you, you build your team or your deck mm-hmm. around certain kind of strategies. Obviously you need an offense, you need a defense, but you know, there's like control decks that build their, their, you know, their deck. It's all around defense mm-hmm. and you know, the offense might not be that impressive, but the fact that it's got such, you know, it can stop the other offenses that it doesn't need a great offense. And, and, uh, you know, then there's teams 
or decks that are just all offense and like we're going to score so many points or we're going to kill you so quickly that uh, that it doesn't matter you know what you do. We're just going to score way more points than you or we're going to kill you before you can kill us. Kind of similar similar things. I mean, have you seen uh, coming from uh, both games, I guess, being able to play Magic and, and football, do you see those kind of parallels a lot yourself? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at it, you know, probably the uh, the the easiest way to describe it would be like uh, like a burn deck. You know, what you're saying, a quick deck that would be like the Colts. Right. With, that's exactly the team I always think of. And so <laughs> they yeah. lost their commander, and now they are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <And> then, <laughs> they, uh, like a like a control type, you know, defensive deck would be like the Ravens or the Steelers, and that you know they they rely a lot more on their defense, and, and even us, and that more like the Ravens, more like yeah, the Ravens, Ravens. Yes, Steelers. definitely Ravens. a lot more like the Ravens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're huge Ravens fans. Oh, okay. so we're we're from Baltimore, so that that's why. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, and and uh, we actually kind of fall into that same boat where we rely a lot on our defense to to kind of stop the the other team from scoring too much, and we've got AP as as kind of a, a home run hitter, but we're not really built to score a ton of points. It's right. more you know kind of control right. the clock and and be the one you know that's up by three or or seven at the end of the game. And then, um, and then you've got the balanced decks like the Green Bay Packers, who apparently <laughs> <laughs> are just unstoppable, right? Hard in there. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're, I, I guess they're the cheater deck. They're uh... <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, something needs to be banned from that deck. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're overpowered. On Aaron Rodgers. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Do you want? Do you want us to cut that out? <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> you, you calling? You calling them cheaters? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, no, I know what you meant, but it was just funny. I was like, "Ooh, ooh, that's a that's a that's a touchy word." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll take it in the spirit which it was intended, all in all in good fun. Right. Especially yeah. if you play them uh, Monday night this this yeah. coming. That's what I was gonna say. You you have that huge game coming up Monday night football. Not only is it you know national stage, but it's mm-hmm. against the Packers, who are seemingly unstoppable this year. Um, basically, I I mean they're they're pretty scary. Um, What's it like, I guess, going into a game like that? Uh, especially, you know, you guys. I don't. What's your current record? It's it's not uh, two and six, I think. Yeah, I, I thought it was around that. So, uh, He's like, I knew it. I just didn't want to say it. Right, yeah, I was gonna keep that question out, but you know. <laughs> but like going into a game, do you guys do you kind of feel like we're just gonna play? We we'd like to play kind of spoiler to their their undefeated record and just that that's our goal or that kind of thing. Or, you know, what's it like going into a, a game against a team like that? And you have to play them again, right? Uh, no, well, this will be our second this game. This is the second time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's definitely kind of that spoiler attitude where we want to try and ruin their season if we can, because, yeah. uh, you know, not, not only is it, they're the defending Super Bowl champs, but they're also in our division and there's been a pretty long rivalry between yeah. Green Bay and Minnesota. So it's it's definitely one of those things where we would we want to go in there and get a win just to you know it, for nothing else like it'll make us feel really good and it will make them feel really upset so right <laughs> kind of that that dick factor in there right on <laughs> I mean that's that's what I love you know that's that's kind of the cool thing when when you do find yourself in a situation where you're like well. I don't think it's looking great for the season, but for this one game. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> because you've got to play the games no matter what. You know, they have yeah. to mean something. Yeah. You know, like, you can't just throw in the towel. Like, there's no way. I mean, you I mean, you know, you guys still have an outside shot right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like you can't just say, oh, two and six, it's over. Like, cause, I mean, I, one of my favorite things 
uh, when I'm in a Magic tournament, as I like to lose the first round, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless it's single elimination. But like, <laughs> then I'm screwed. But like, like if I lose the first round, I'm like, all right, well, I just can't lose anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like kind of really lights a fire under you. You know, you like, you're like, all right, well, here's what it is. And then like, you know, say you do get to a part point in the season where it's like, okay, now we can't mathematically we're out you know you still have those small victories that you can achieve every week you can you could screw somebody's day up you know what i mean like right exactly you can you can put your uh, troll face on and <laughs> yeah. every day. but exactly. well, and the other thing too is that like what what guys who who are in the league for a while and who stay in the league for a while uh, realize is that you never can take a game off because basically you're always auditioning for your job. I mean, there there's always someone behind you pushing to take your spot, and if you don't come out and perform at a high level every time, then sooner or later they're going to get your spot, and then you're out of a job. So it's even no matter what your record is, you always have to play with your best effort, you know, if if you want to keep playing. And uh, you'll you'll notice that the guys that have been in the league for for a while, you know, they'll always go out and put forth their best best effort because they want to keep playing football. Right. It's just one of those things where that that kind of determines who's a pro and who's not a pro, and and that how you approach the game when you know when it may not mean as much to your team. Uh, like in terms of standings, you know how how are you going to go out there and, and conduct yourself on the field? Now you Absolutely. you're from from Philadelphia, is that right? Uh, I was born in Philadelphia, but my parents moved to California when I was one. So oh, okay. for intents and purposes, I'm from Southern California. <laughs> okay, so uh, did you grow up? Uh, I guess like a, a Chargers fan or uh, or a Forty Niners or you know were you were you a fan of the California teams? Um, I was actually never a sports fan of any type. Um, wow. I, yeah, I, I really enjoy playing sports. I can't stand watching them. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I so mean how, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Uh, but how, well, how does that how does that happen? I mean, like, I mean, that's 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 cool. You know, that, that's cool. Like, you, I mean, you obviously like it. If you didn't like, mm-hmm. you know, competing, you wouldn't compete. You know, it would be obvious. You know, people I, would be able to yeah. see that. I, uh, I, like, like. Like you said, you know, you would lose your job. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I think you're say- it's probably, I guess, selfishness on my part. Where you know, if I can't be involved in it, then I, it doesn't really interest me. Like in uh, in baseball, I my the position I played was pitcher because that way, you know, you got to throw the ball every play. And then <laughs> soccer was kind of an anomaly in that I was the goalkeeper. But you know, at the end of the day, they're they're always trying to come at you, so you know, you, you're going to get some action at some point. But um, yeah, it's, I don't know what it is, but I've never been able to just sit down and, and watch a sports game without thinking, like, hey, there. I would rather be either reading a book or playing a video game or doing something else where I'm actually doing something, not just, you know, sitting there and watching. Right. So so what, what was the original uh, attraction to playing sports? I mean, like... Like why would you, why would you not just go you know compete in another aspect you know like maybe we, why wouldn't you just like play um, video games or something or you know and like get a regular job you know what I mean like like what what was the attraction to to playing sports uh, as someone who doesn't enjoy watching sports? Yep, there there's a very easy answer to that, and it's uh, because my parents made me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine too. You know, like that's. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, it is. Um, yeah, my my parents definitely wanted to make sure that that my brother and I were well rounded. You know, that we had uh, athletic a- activities to go along with academic stuff and and you know free time stuff. So uh, since I was, I want to say four or five, you know, we were always in like either t ball or or kids youth soccer or something like that, and then went to soccer camps and baseball camps. And 
The other thing, too, looking back on it now, is that was also a great way for them to get us out of the house for, you know, most of the day during the summer. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, we're learning great athletic skills, and at the same time, we're not driving our parents crazy. So, (laughs) yeah, and and then um, I I happen to be good at it, so I, I... I enjoy the competitive aspect of sports. You know, like I said, I, I really I enjoy playing them. It's just watching them when I'm not able to influence it is is kind of it's just kind of boring for me because I'd rather be actually out doing it. So, so, that, so I guess. That, oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead. You're going to ask the exact same question I was. Continue. Well, I was going to say. So I guess that means you don't really pay much attention to things like ESPN or other coverage of sports. Not, not generally. I mean, okay. we'll we'll have it on, like in the cafeteria and stuff, and you know, I'll, I'll kind of glance over just to see, gauge what's going on, like what's the news of the day. But I'm not going to seek out an ESPN channel on my own. It's more, you know, if if someone else is watching it, I'll I'll take a glance at it, you know, kind of see what what everyone's talking about, and then just go about my business. So you were aware that Peyton Manning's been out for the whole season, then? Is that yes? Okay, got <laughs> yeah, the that. I do. I do keep myself abreast of current events, so that way I can uh, comment on them. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the the wall to wall twenty four hour a day coverage is not something I'm interested in. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, here's well, my question was actually different from yours. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going to ask the exact same question. Uh, so my guess then is that you wouldn't be too into watching magic coverage because they do like big tournaments every weekend. Uh, our sponsor does. They do big tournament of tournaments all over the country and they do live uh, play-by-play coverage and they like, actually cover the, the events. And me and Joey have both been involved in the coverage teams at different mm-hmm. points. Um, um, so that, I think it would depend on what the coverage is like because I actually I actually really enjoyed I caught the uh, the League of Legends uh, live streams they did for the uh, DreamHack tournament in okay. uh, in Sweden and that was actually a lot of fun to watch because it was it was similar it was similar to a, a team sport in that you know you have five people on each side kind of going against each other but it was different because I I play a lot of League of Legends also and you know I I could tell you know what each character was doing and then to see to see the guys actually work together in concert and, you know, pull off like a gank or, or a good team fight, you know, that, that was actually fun for me to watch. I mean, it, it's weird. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just enjoy team sports more if they're electronic team sports, I guess. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and I've watched a, a, a bunch of, uh, like, StarCraft uh, battles, you know, from uh, from the, the Korean channels when they have when they have those on. I mean, and, and those are pretty fun to watch just because – I, it's it's weird. I guess maybe I can relate a little bit more to it, despite the fact that I do play football. <laughs> so would you watch? Would you, would you watch like a Madden tournament? Like, <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> it's so, electronic. I've actually never been interested in uh, sports video games either. I don't, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm just interested in sports. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's a fair point. Like, I've I've never been in. I'm I'm really into football, but I don't play the the sports video games either. Or I never really have. So, yeah. So I, I would definitely check out a a broadcast Magic tournament at least once just to see what it was like, and then yeah, if it was entertaining, you know, I'd, I'd probably keep watching it. When's the next one you're doing, Joey? Uh, I'll be doing one in December. It's the uh, the the Invitational. So I'm uh, that's the beginning of December in Charlotte. Um, so there's that one, and then there's also Wizards of the Coast's official uh, coverage of of Worlds is coming up, and they do that. They do uh, video coverage of just the top eight. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's uh, that's coming up in mid-November. Uh, actually, mid-November. It's coming up in like mm, two weeks, so a <laughs> uh, week and a half. It's like November twentieth, 
Okay. So that'll uh, it'll be like, I think it starts at like ten thirty a.m. Eastern time. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Actually, no. I think it it's uh it's in California, so it would be ten thirty a.m. Uh, Western time, Pacific oh. time. I know. I was like, what is it called? What is this on a Sunday? <laughs> yeah, it's on, on Sunday. A Sunday. Sunday. So, so, so you don't so have anything Chris to do on watching. Sundays, right? Oh, yeah, busy on Sundays. You could do that, like in, you know, you go kick the ball and come watch some magic, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll definitely try to uh, to tune in. Then. Now, do they live stream it, or do they have it available for for podcast? Uh, uh, both, actually. They'll they'll live stream it, and then they'll have it archived so that you can come back and watch it. So they actually like if you wanted to watch things right now just to get a taste of it, you could go to uh, like uh, Blip TV uh, slash SCG Live. I think I could send you the link, but um, they that's all the archives for the Star City Games events. That's our our sponsor. That's uh. Okay. That's who we do the commentary for, and uh-huh. then um, and then Wizards of the Coast, like obviously MagicTheGathering dot com. There's uh, they have video archives of past tournaments too that you can okay. go back and watch. So yeah, yeah, cool. throw me a link and uh, I'll, I'll take a gander at it. Sure, we'll do. Um, uh, so uh, I mean, you have about ten more minutes before you got to get ready to go, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, one of my friends invited me to go shoot guns, so I've never shot a gun. Nice. So it'll be entertaining. That's cool. <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. Yes. Um, Do you forget sure. your? It's so awesome you forgot what yes. you were going to ask. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. I was, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say like, is there like insurance issues with that? No, but um, as long as you uh, shoot yourself, right? That's it. There point, you go. Point it away from yourself. <laughs> point, point no. the sharp end away from me. <laughs> yeah. So, so you do. I mean, so you're you're in a band too, right? I am. I am in a band. We are called Tripping Icarus. And you're a bass player. I'm a bass player, so I can respect. Yep. Yeah, the back, uh, the band. No doubt. <laughs> um, so, so uh, how's that going? And how did that start? And like, uh, how the hell do you have time to do that too, uh, et cetera? Seriously, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you may have noticed football doesn't take up a lot of my time, so <laughs> I have uh, pl- plenty of free time for other activities. But it's funny. Um, it actually started through Guitar Hero. Um, <laughs> I wow. played, uh, I, I was really big into Guitar Hero, got really good at it. And, um, after about Guitar Hero 3, I was like, you know, I, I've pretty much mastered the game. I should learn how to play the real thing. And I played the violin growing up, so I had a musical background. Um, you know, oh, I could, cool. I, I could read, read music and, uh, you know, had a general idea of where to put my fingers. And so, uh, I started learning the um, six-string guitar, didn't really feel comfortable on that, and then switched to the bass guitar and immediately felt comfortable because it was very close to a violin that it's four strings. You know, Usually you're only on one string at a time. So um, talked to one of my friends. Uh, his name's Andy Reiner. He's actually the executive editor at Game Informer, so he's big into, uh, big into video games, and we shared a lot of common interests. <laughs> and he had mentioned he'd been in a band before and um, uh, was kind of interested in doing it again. And so I told him, well, if you can put up with me kind of learning on the job, then I would love to try something like that because it's a lot of fun playing Guitar Hero. You know, I'd like to learn how the, the real thing feels like. So, uh, yeah, so he, he called his, his drummer. Um, we got together, started practicing, uh, liked what we, were, what, what we were hearing. And then uh, his drummer knew a singer that he'd worked with before. So we, uh, we had him stop by at practice. He liked what he heard. So he, he joined as kind of a, a lead guitarist slash singer. And then yeah, started making music, and uh, it's it's going pretty awesome. We're uh, we're hoping to start touring uh, this off season. Um, 
we we recently signed a manager. Uh, his name's Jeff Loftus. He's the lead singer in a Seattle band called Malfunction, which I guess was one of the original Seattle grunge bands. That of, sounds uh, really familiar. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, they just had a documentary come out on them from uh, Universal. Um, their their lead singer was Andy Wood, who I guess Andy uh, Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Died. Wow. With Mother yeah. Love Bone, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Went on Mother Love Bone, um, passed away, and then uh, you know they formed Temple of the Dog as a tribute band, right. and then obviously went on to Pearl Jam and, and Soundgarden and you know the whole Seattle grunge scene. So uh, Jeff knows all those guys because he grew up with them, and so he's um, he's he he really likes our music. Uh, the guys in Malfunction really like our music, and so they're going to be touring uh, like the West Coast, Texas, and then up to the East Coast in January, and uh, they want us to come along to pretty much all their shows and, you know, kind of be the opening act. So we're like, all right, that would be awesome. Yeah, and, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, so so now we're, we're I think this year will be kind of where we make our push to uh, to get recognized, hopefully, you know, nationally in that, you know, it's not just a gimmick band where the bass player is uh, an NFL punter. It's it's actually a, de- a good band that makes good music. So that's so what you, we're You could for. wear like a Tripping Icarus t-shirt next, you know, at the game Monday night. That'll help. Just, <laughs> you know, just actually, they would find more than that. <laughs> they <laughs> They're they're very uptight about what you can and can't wear during the games. Yeah, so, I've, I've heard but here's the like question that, yeah. though. The real question is this: Would it be mm-hmm. worth the fine? <laughs> worth the fine? <laughs> Would it be worth the fine to promote the band? Um, that's, that's, you know, there's I, some guys that just have the separate account for the fines. You know, right, right, exactly. The, now, see, the only problem is those guys are usually on TV. Generally, I'm not on TV. <laughs> So they'll, they'll cut away to the uh, you know stat summary when the punter comes on the screen. <laughs> Just do an unannounced, like, fake punt and run in for a touchdown and then just rip the shirt up. You know, like, don't even tell anybody. Don't tell anyone what you're doing. Instead of punting, right. just run. Yeah, that'll be uh, on all the uh, all the highlights and everything. Right? <laughs> right. Now, now if, if only I could run faster than the other people. <laughs> It'd be perfect. <laughs> all right, good point. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not asking you to, to get killed. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I would get killed. <laughs> I don't, we don't want that. Um, so that's awesome. And you have a CD coming out, right? Yeah, a CD coming out called Perfect Citizen. Uh, it's actually already available on iTunes and then um, on our, our band website, uh, trippingicarus.net. There's not a lot at the website right now because we're kind of still constructing it. But if people want to listen uh, to the music before they buy it, um, if you go to my Twitter handle, at Chris Warcraft. Uh, the link in my profile will take you to our Reverb Nation page where we have all the songs available to listen to. And then um, if you want, you can download them from there. You can download them from iTunes. Uh, there's a, Or you can send us money and we will send you a physical copy of the CD. So we have a, a variety of ways to listen to the music. Awesome. That's great. And uh, so we're going to be uh, featuring in this episode what you heard at the beginning of the episode and uh, what you'll hear at the end of the episode is a song called Catching Clouds. Uh, yep. Did you say anything about that song or – um, it's totally not about drugs at all. <laughs> Excellent. Like the, so don't drug test me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our singer came up with the lyrics. It's, uh, yeah, they, there, there might be one or two references in there. <laughs> Fair enough. It, it's uh, all saying don't do drugs, right? That's yes, yes, exactly. Well, if, if you listen to the lyrics, it's actually about... Spider-Man talking about his girlfriend Mary Jane. That's uh, awesome. That's the spin we're going with. Yeah, I was I was Peter Parker for Halloween, and my girlfriend was Mary Jane. So it's just all right. ties together. There we go. See, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, I think, Joe, did you have any anything else you wanted to? I, think, uh, I mean, I guess we should wrap up, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had some stuff, but like, I don't know. It was, it was just fun. Yeah, talking. just great. <laughs> Maybe we'll have you on again and uh, you know catch up and. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be great. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I I can talk magic, video games, music, stuff like that all day. It's uh, just, <laughs> just not football. Not football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Well, if if you end up going on on tour and you come up through uh, Baltimore or you know this area, let us know because uh, I would definitely like to uh, to check out a show. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure. It's uh, yeah. And then if anyone is interested, I always post all that stuff on my Twitter account. So if uh, you know, I, I also try to keep it entertaining. I, I try not to, you know, do any uh, <laughs> stupid tweets. So if uh, if you want to be entertained, uh, sometimes I manage it. Other times I look like an ass. So at Chris Warcraft. It just sounds like everybody, right? I mean, sometimes it's entertaining. Sometimes yeah. you're just an ass, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But, uh, I'll put links to, to your Twitter and then, you know, the trippingatgris.net and your uh, your, your uh, Reverb Nation page and everything. I'll put all okay. the links of that uh, in the show notes and everything. So for anybody who wants to check that stuff out. so Okay, cool. Thanks. So quickly then, upcoming events. This weekend we have Grand Prix San Diego, which is a limited format uh, in Estrade Limited. That's pretty cool. Uh, but next weekend, the real exciting okay, well, stuff. Just real quick, sorry. Uh, also this weekend, because we got to give a plug to our sponsor, oh, right uh, Star City's hosting the Double Roanoke PTQ uh, Saturday and Sunday in Roanoke. Um, I imagine Star City's running that. I don't know how they would let anyone else come into their city and uh, run two PTQs under their nose. Um, Good <laughs> so, point. And I didn't even know about it. So, so yeah, so I think I'm, I'm hoping to go to both days. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, anyway, that's, yeah, that's this weekend. And uh, next weekend? Next weekend, starting on Thursday the 17th all the way through the 20th, is the World Championships uh, in San Francisco. Um, I'll be visiting and hanging out there in San Francisco. So anybody who's going to be there, I'll see you there. Um, that's it for a couple more weeks. We have the Star City Games Open Series in St. Louis in early December, and the week after that is the Star City Games Invitational in Charlotte. So uh, check that stuff out. Um, uh, one more thing. Yep. Uh, wasn't it nice to listen to an entire podcast without hearing someone go off about the changes to the tournament structure? It was. Just, just putting me? that out there. I'm, I'm asking the audience. <laughs> Wasn't it nice to just listen to some some nice talk about magic and not have to worry about like hearing people's opinions on how everyone how Wizards is destroying the game? Right, wasn't that the, the wasn't that a nice change of pace this week? Wasn't that really nice? Anyway, I'm done with that. Uh, <laughs> did you have anything you wanted to add, Joey? No, I'm good. Chris, did you want to plug anything beyond the uh, the band stuff and uh, uh, watch nope. Monday Night Football? Yep, Monday Night Football, Vikings versus Packers. Uh, I think actually there should be a pretty interesting thing there. Uh, AP uh, called me yesterday. I guess Ubisoft um, just talked to him for Assassin's Creed uh, 3, the new one that's coming out. Mm -hmm. And today, four of us are going to be playing four of the Packers in multiplayer Assassin's Creed. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I think they're going to air that. So that should be uh, pretty interesting to watch. I'm hoping that's to slaughter all of them. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, you're you're good at games, so you should probably have an advantage there. Yeah, I, I'm really hoping so. I've you're a ringer, man. So <laughs> that's so sick. Well, you know, we already we already bleed purple, so uh, so it's not much of a stretch for us to pull for you. Absolutely, Just a shade of purple. <laughs> yeah, slightly different shade, but close. Yeah. close. Yeah. From a distance, you can't tell. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right, that's that's sick. Uh, that's really cool. Um, but anyway, so are we done? Yeah, we're done. That's everything right. for this week. 
thanks so much for joining us. It's very, very cool to have you on and uh, very cool to, to talk all these different games with you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's uh, like I said, you know, I can I can talk it all day. So just uh, let me know if you uh, if you want to do another one. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. So that's all we have for this week. Uh, we are YoMTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. That's just two rows with the bean in the middle and a head, but I don't know.
Hello. Hello. Hey. I'm hearing all sorts of noises. How do I get this stupid ring to stop going? I don't know. Is it just going? Yeah. It does that sometimes. Um, you hit answer the call, right? I did. <laughs> well, we can we can hear you, so hopefully. <laughs> dance party in my house. <laughs> it's just your background music, man. It's yeah. cool. it's the official Chris Cooley background music. It's sweet. It's rave time. <laughs> it's really <laughs> slow dance music. It's dubstep. Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised it hasn't stopped yet. <laughs> it's <laughs> up and try this again. We can try it again. You want to okay, do that? Yeah, okay. Try. 